Hey, we're here to make you an offer you can't refuse on the, the Godfather, Godfather Minute. I'm Alex Robinson. And I'm Andy Robinson. And we're back for another minute of the Godfather Minute, in which we uh, analyze the Godfather movies one minute at a time. Uh, we're currently up to minute 21. Blackjack. 21, yeah, uh, which is, uh, Alex, I think it's fitting because everyone's drinking wine in the scene. Mm-hmm. Wait, what does that do with 21? Well, oh, there's a legal age. <laughs> That's true. Well, I, have a feeling, I have a feeling that Don wasn't checking IDs, if you know what I mean. <laughs> These kids with their fake IDs. Yeah, yeah so uh, minute 21 uh, starts off with... Whoa, 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 whoa. we got to put oh, the brakes on. You got sorry, your... sorry. I'm just so eager to get to the uh, the meat. What, what else sorry. do we have? Speaking what of the meat, uh, meet your Italian lesson for the day. <laughs> Alex, a minuto. A minuto. Numero. Numero. Ventiuno. Ventiuno. Be, uh, you know, I said... Minuto. I, numero. Ventiuno. Actually, I mispronounced it. Oh. It should be a V, like ventiuno. Ventiuno. Numero. Uh, no, wait, sorry. Uh Say it with me. Say it with me. Minuto numero veni DC? Ventiuno. Ventiuno. That's good. Uh, Yeah. You got it. Yeah. I'm getting there. All right. Grazie. (laughs) Grazie. (laughs) So, yes, this is uh, Minuto numero ventiuno. Nice. uh, Of of The Godfather. And uh, this is pretty much just a uh, monologue from. It starts Mm -hmm. off with. Michael telling Kay that Johnny was under a personal service contract to a, a big band leader. Mm-hmm. And then he tells the hotshot st- big band leader tells the story uh, more or less tip to tail of the whole uh, saga of Johnny uh, Fontaine getting out of his record contract mm-hmm. and uh, personal service contract. Personal service. I love, I love that term. I always wondered what how is that different from any other contract that's around with movie stars uh, yeah and i don't know i don't know anything much about contracts and tenders it sounds like it should be for another <laughs> uh, another another we should do someone should do we a should. show just focusing on the legal aspects of <laughs> i think we should invite a, a, a lawyer down to uh, maybe as a bonus episode comments and all the legal aspects the <laughs> we questions don't to we pay have. him though we didn't pay him to show up uh, those lawyers you know you know one lawyer the briefcase is really expensive <laughs> Oh, you know, and he, but you know, what? I do have a friend here in town in Portland who oh, is a lawyer nice. who may come join us because he does that. He's not very busy. He only has one client. Oh wow, that's yeah. uh, that's special. <laughs> or that, or he's a really bad lawyer that he only has one client. <laughs> He'd be dying to come on our podcast. <laughs> I'm looking for work, any work. Well, speaking of dying, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh huh. So yeah, so Michael tells the story about how uh, Johnny was under a personal service contract to mm-hmm. a big band leader. He wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. And uh, as his career was growing, yes, and the band leader wouldn't let him. And uh, then Luca Brazzi and the Don came, held a gun to the band leader's head, and said, "Either your brains or your signature will be on this contract." <laughs> he gave him a thousand. He took a thousand dollar payment, and then he was done. Yeah, and he, and he uh, gave him a certified check for for one thousand dollars. Yeah, one yeah. thousand. A certified check. I'm surprised. I, I'm surprised that Don would take checks. Oh no, no. The, the Don gave the check. Yeah, I'm surprised he would uh, like do a certified well, check. And I rewatching this minute that really stood out to me is and is a certified check one you get from a bank. Is that like a money order? 
You know what? We need to have a lawyer and a banker. We do Come need a lawyer. a lawyer and a banker. <laughs> on the bonus content, we were going <laughs> to... No, I really don't know what... I'm assuming a certified check is something like it's as good as cash. Like it's backed exactly, by the bank. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah. maybe that's why the Don had it. Right, but I assume he was a cash guy. Yeah, Don. but if, officially to have Johnny released from the contract, he would probably mm. need to provide documentation yeah. and cash wouldn't cut it. That's that's my only. So guess. then he did it like on his taxes. Are they like where did this thousand dollars? Was I guess it would be the Jenko Olive Oil Company? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you think Do you think the Jenko Olive Oil Company had enough credit to buy him out? <laughs> Wait, you he buys them out? You buy me out? <laughs> yeah. So I think um, I think it's funny just the the idea of all right, all right, you're gonna take this check. Uh, uh, Luca, go down to the the what, what is it called the the, the no notary <laughs> the notary public down the street and get the sign. And Luca's like notary. Uh, I am honored to. <laughs> Can you imagine the exchange between the notary public and Luca Brasi? <laughs> oh man, that would be such a good. Uh, I would love to see the adventures of young. Don Corleone, of young Vito Corleone with Luca Brasi, like oh. as his like dumb sidekick. Oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. So, so weird thing about that. I'm uh. really surprised that that uh, Vito Corleone himself would go talk to the band leader. Well, yes, I. There's a, a bit about this in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, is now a good time to go into it? Are you telling me the movie is different than the book, Alex? The book Ooh. is different than the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different. The book is different. The book is different than the movie. Yeah. So there are a few parts to the book that I need to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few different chunks that have to do with this story. So let me just dive in. On, on page 42, Puzo writes about... Um, this is Michael telling Kay the story, mm-hmm. and he wrote, um, he told her, he told her without being funny, he told it without pride, this is Michael to Kay, he told it without any sort of explanation except that eight years before his father had been... So eight years before it's this? only eight years before. Huh. That eight years before, his father had been more impetuous, mm. and because the matter concerned his godson, the Don considered it an affair of personal honor. Ah, I see. So, so I, whereas... The uh, so going by that logic, since Bonacera's daughter is the goddaughter of Mama Corleone, mm-hmm. shouldn't Mama Corleone have been the one going to beat up those oh, uh, those, I, those animals? I see a spinoff sitcom, <laughs> or maybe not a sitcom, but a three episode yeah. special. That'd be great. She's like either your brains or, or your signature is going to be on this. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, one other piece about the contract on the same page, Puzo writes, uh, let's see, it was a well-known show business personality named Les Haley, mm-hmm. and he had signed Johnny to a five-year personal services contract. It was a common show business practice. Les Haley could now loan Johnny out and pocket most of the money. Ah, I see. So I don't think it was like nowadays where, hey, you're agreeing to perform 15 shows and right. and as yeah. a result you get this money yeah. it's more like I own you you're mine and I can well, farm I know the, you out to the perform. movie industry used to be like that like oh, you, really? you were signed to a studio and the studio would just give you projects and stuff or sometimes like MGM would make a deal with Warner Brothers and say and oh, you would keep working yeah you would just you'd just be on loan to a different company and, and I guess you so would on. get something from that well yeah you're, well you're still getting paid by MGM 
You know what I mean? If I'm under contract to MGM and mm -hmm. you loan me out to Warner Brothers, I'm still just getting money from MGM. But do you get additional money because they're having you work more? I don't think so. Oh, wow. But, you know, I I think all the business negotiations are between the... All the the big studio hot chats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and in this passage, it, it makes it sound like Puzo wrote, Les Haley could now loan Johnny out and pocket most of the money. Right. So it sounds like really Johnny wasn't making any additional money or maybe was a little bit. Right. Yeah. Or was supposed to, but right. He was but under the this. big, big shot yeah. band leader was taking more of the money. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about math. Oh, so that was the only difference between the. Uh, I do like. Oh, the well, just, just that part. Okay, but there's yeah, a little yeah. bit more in here. Okay. This, math break. Math, math break. It's going to be told there would be no math. So, <laughs> so now we need a, a statistician, a mathematician, a banker, and a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, they all walk into a room or into a bar. So this part has to do with the math. Uh, Puzo wrote: Don Corleone entered the negotiations personally. He offered Les Haley twenty thousand dollars to release Johnny Fontaine from the personal services contract. Now, that's, a, some, that's some certified check. In, but interestingly, in the movie, Michael says it was just $10,000. Hmm. Well, I don't, I'm wondering why they changed it. Well, um, okay, go ahead. Puzo uh, continues, Haley offered to take only 50% of Johnny's earnings. Mm-hmm. Don Corleone was amused. He dropped his offer from $20,000 to $10,000. The band leader, obviously not a man of the world outside his beloved show business, <laughs> completely missed the significance of this lower offer. Mm-hmm. He refused. So wow. interesting. He Don started at 20. Right. Um, is that right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and then dropped it to 10. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. So the, the band leader just didn't get it. Uh, any comments about that yet? Well, uh, it's it's a neat, um, just when you're describing it there, the first thing I thought of is the scene between Michael Corleone and uh, Senator Pat Geary in the in the office in Godfather 2, where he's like, well, here's my, mm-hmm. you can have my offer now, which is like nothing, and I appreciate you putting up the money. Yeah. It's almost like a more hardball <laughs> version of that. Though. Yeah. But, well, as we're going to see in the next passage, uh, the Don keeps going with this. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, this is this is why I wanted to get into this part, because okay. it has to do with Don being there. The next day, Don Corleone went to see the band leader personally, again, probably because of the honor mm-hmm. of his godson. He brought with him his two best friends, <gasps> Genko Abandando, mm-hmm. who was his consigliere, and Luca Brasi. Oh, so I'm wondering the muscle. Why, yeah, I'm wondering why he brought his consigliere with him. Maybe just because he wanted to make sure the contracts were all in order. And <laughs> <laughs> he's the notary, too. He stamps it. And That's true. <laughs> yeah. After the band leader is yeah. terrified, Jenko comes in. Sorry, all right, you need to sign here. This is yeah. duplicate. We need to go get this copy. <laughs> yeah, that already just needed someone to babysit Luca while he was talking the grown-ups <laughs> yeah, talk. <that's> <laughs> someone always needs to be with Luca. Keep <laughs> yeah. busy. There's like a string, a cup and a string with a ball at the end. <laughs> And maybe Jenko is helping Luca practice what he's going to say to the band oh, leader if yeah. necessary. Kind of like <laughs> <laughs> someone's always coaching yeah. him. Uh, and then Puzo writes, With no other witnesses, Don Corleone persuaded Les Haley to sign a document giving up all rights to all services from <clears throat> Johnny Fontaine upon payment of a certified check to the amount of $10,000. So the Don actually keeps it ten, hmm. which was his second offer. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, which is different from Michael later in Godfather 2. Michael just drops it right to the bottom. Yeah, so totally. he learned from his father, but he really, he doubled down. To yeah, well, yeah, this is, this is when the Don would have been 
if he it was eight years ago, he would have been weaker, not as powerful. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he couldn't really, he probably didn't have so many judges oh, in his pockets, like so many nickels and dimes. <laughs> yeah. So he had to be a bit more like uh, uh, conciliatory. Yeah, he just still didn't have the muscle yeah. to be able to. Whereas Michael it. in Godfather 2 is like the height of his, yeah. his uh, empire. Yeah, neat. And this is interesting too in the book, the next next passage. Don Corleone did this. By putting a pistol to the forehead of the band leader and assuring him with the utmost seriousness that either his signature or his brains would rest on that document in exactly one minute. Fascinating that Don himself put the gun to his head. I did never never figure that in the movie. I always assumed it was Luca Brazzi, the muscle. Yeah, that's true. You think you assume that Luca was doing it while the Don was just standing there talking or whatever. Yeah. And the other thing that's weird about that is he puts the gun to his forehead. Mm-hmm. So you assume that if the Don pulled the trigger, well, then his brains would have gone out the back of his head. Oh, so was yeah. the contract behind the guy? Was it still like in his files and stuff? It, must, he- have, it must have been like a pin the tail on a donkey thing. Like the contract <laughs> was on the wall. And yeah. then Les Haley, the big shot band leader, was yeah. in front of it. Oh, but turned to the side, a la mugshot style. Oh, some mugshot style. Well, I'm sorry, side mugshot style. Yeah, yeah. profile. So yeah, profile. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> well, then it's hard to sign the document if you're not looking at it. Oh, yeah. that's Maybe that's why he was so reluctant to do it. Uh, oh, my God. Now we need a CSI <laughs> expert to come in and recreate this. The Mythbusters to uh, <laughs> set up like a dummy and stuff. Because I would have I assumed, like we were talking about, the Don was talking to the guy, to mm-hmm. the big shot band leader. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Luca was behind him and then put the gun on the back of his head. That's and then the thought. moment of him being like, uh-oh, a gun mm-hmm. just went off, you know, got, was cocked behind my head. Yeah. And then if his brains had come out, they would have been on the – although then they would have been all over the Dom, too. So he probably didn't want to be like <laughs> – <Yeah. laughs> Oh, boy, this is a, well, I think I think a lot of things into consideration. Would be, God, right? Maybe that's why they had Jenko there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you always had the head for uh, yeah. big deals. Pop had Jenko. Look who we had. <laughs> Sunny suit is all covered yeah. in brains. And all. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, you know, I just realized another thing. If they had gotten the brains on the contract, mm-hmm. Johnny still would not have gotten out of that contract. He still would have been tied to the contract. Well, maybe unless right? the contract said if the if this if the big band leader dies, then the contract oh. is, you know, he's freed from his uh, either that or whoever was next in line would be like, you know, if this guy comes to you and says, OK, now, <laughs> yeah. now you're going to be reasonable, I right? Know. There's blood all over the contracts, Jenko, like, like wiping it off. <laughs> and of course, that guy refuses and then yeah. he goes to the next guy in line. But by the time he gets to the fourth guy, you can't even read the Eventually, it's like the third guitarist in the <laughs> like, yeah. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Man, I was just hired up. He's not even an original member of the band. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to get out of my contract. <laughs> oh, interesting. So, just interesting. I think it would be great how, if we if they could remake this, and we've mm-hmm. talked about they remaking will. it, or yeah. they, they could include some of these, these scenes that you're just told about, but yeah. you don't actually witness. All right, maybe we'll maybe that'll be today's bonus content. We'll talk about other scenes we would like to see dramatized. Oh, nice! That we hear being mentioned on the on the on the yeah. on the show. Okay, That'd be great. bonus content. That'd be a good bonus content. <laughs> bonus content. <laughs> yeah. So Patreon, stick around. You get to hear us uh, talk about what bonus scenes we'd like to see mm-hmm. in the in the remake of The Godfather. So. Um, did you have anything else that was different from the book? Because I'm going to go into the real life inspiration for this famous scene you know i have one more thing about the book but Mm -hmm. let me i'll talk about it after you talk about your bit 
Okay. Because it actually has to do with Kay's <clears throat> response hmm. to Michael. Okay. Do you want to do it now? Or, okay. We'll, we'll yeah, I'll come about. back to it. Okay. So, um, as a lot of people know, uh, this particular incident, Johnny Fontaine was based a lot on uh, the chairman of the board himself, Old Blue Eyes, Frank Sinatra. Oh, Mario Puzo, you know, was open about that, said that he was he was inspired by uh, Frank Sinatra. Wow. And uh, when his story more or less follows the same thing, Frank Sinatra was part of the Tommy Dorsey band. You know, this mm-hmm. is when big bands and stuff, and they mm-hmm. would have like four singers that would you know change around and stuff and. Uh, I also have a musical question to ask you. So anyway, yeah. So Frank Sinatra was um, working for Tommy Dorsey. So Tommy Dorsey was a trombonist. Imagine the leader of your band is the trombonist. Wow, you know, that that's such a different time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I and, used to play trombone. The trombone is a respected <laughs> brass instrument in the band. <laughs> yeah, but every song's a whop, 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 Oh, great callback. We haven't done that in, in minutes. That's true. <laughs> so uh, so uh, when Tom, when Frank Sinatra was a young singer and he was watching, you know, he looked up to Tommy Dorsey. He was mm-hmm. a big, big band leader. And... Tommy Dorsey apparently was like really famous for his breath control. Wow. Like he could hold a note really long. Like, and Frank Sinatra would look at him and go like, how does he do that without like having to stop and inhale? And stuff? So he would do like, yeah, yeah, it's like flight of the bumblebees on trombone. <laughs> Back in the forties, people oh, had such a different idea of like entertainment. So uh, no wonder that guy was leading the band. <laughs> So, uh, so Frank Sinatra said that he eventually figured out Tommy Dorsey's secret, which was that he would have a small opening. It was described as a pinhole and he was basically inhaling. He was inhaling and exhaling. He was inhaling while he was exhaling. Wow. Yeah. And then Frank Sinatra, once he discovered the secret, trained himself to do it. And he was like, that's what he attributed a lot of his vocal skills to. But I have no idea. Is this a thing? You know, How can you inhale and exhale at the same time? <laughs> if you could. We'd you, have to get a doctor. We'd have to get a throat doctor. Oh got an ENT. <laughs> I remember when I was learning trombone way back in high school, uh-huh. I think it may have been my band director suggesting that it could be done. Wow. Uh and I thought it was through your nose while you're exhaling through your mouth. Yeah, but I just but mean I, in terms of the mechanics I of the know. bellows maybe, of your lungs. Maybe people have can one lung is inhaling and the wow. other exhale. I don't know. That's crazy. We're going to have to look that up. Yeah. If any of you listeners hear about this, Any please. trombonists yeah. or uh, ENTs or accountants or... Uh, mm-hmm. Just send them our way. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> So Frank Sinatra learned how to do that, and that yeah helped his performances. Yeah. So and then eventually Frank Sinatra's star started to rise, and like he wanted to get out of his contract, and mm-hmm. and so uh, under the contract, Tommy Dorsey would get forty three percent of whatever Frank Sinatra earned for the rest of his career. Oh my goodness! That was like the standard contract, I guess, wow. at the time. So you can imagine how valuable that would because I yeah. imagine most of the singers went on to nothing. Yeah, but you yeah. catch that big one, like you catch a Frank Sinatra, yeah. you're uh, uh-huh. you're set for life. So um, officially, some lawyers and friends went to talk to Tommy Dorsey, uh-huh. and then Tommy Dorsey uh, signed him over for seventy five thousand. He got seventy five thousand. That's pretty good money so, at that time. Oh yeah, totally, and much mm-hmm. more than the thousand dollars that this mystery band leader got. Yeah. Um, Oh, interesting. So it really was. I, I'm, was that public knowledge, that whole story? 
it was probably and is like that why showbiz, Puto wrote about it? It was probably showbiz lore, you know, and it was yeah. probably like, you know, mm-hmm. you always hear rumors about celebrities and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so, um, so yeah, so this is supposedly what happened. And uh, we'll just, we'll, we'll talk about the other Frank Sinatra uh, connection in the later scene when he's talking oh, yeah. about the movie, because that also is based on a thing in Frank Sinatra's oh, neat. life. But, so uh, in his autobiography, Mario Puzo wrote about the one time he met Frank Sinatra. Oh, wow. And, okay. Uh, so Frank Sinatra's always denied there was any, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mob ties or mm-hmm. anything like that. So mm-hmm. this is what, uh, <clears throat> in Mario Puzo's book, he said... Um, he was, in, he, was at, he was at a party, and the host said, oh, I have to introduce Mario Puzo to Frank Sinatra, just because mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's, yeah. such a, it's such a thing. And mm-hmm. um, so according to Mario Puzo's uh, memoir, Sinatra started to shout abuse, but what hurt was that, was that there he was, a northern Italian threatening me, a southern Italian, Whoa. with physical violence. This was roughly the equivalent of Einstein pulling a knife on Al Capone. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't done. <laughs> like, that's when he's not like, just that like Italian pride. This, yeah. Know, what is it that, uh, what was Kay's term? This, the Sicilian thing. Yeah, the Sicilian, <laughs> Sicilian thing. That's well, it's interesting, on. but it's interesting he's comparing Northern Italians to Einstein, the brains. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Southern Italians to kind of like the cunning, I guess. Equally smart, but yeah, just different, different just, type uh, of smarts. Yeah. So he says, yeah, it just wasn't done. Northern Italians never mess with Southern Italians except to get them put in jail or deported to some desert island. Sinatra <laughs> kept up his abuse and I kept staring at him. He kept staring down at his plate yelling. So I guess he wasn't looking Puzo in the eye. He was like was eating it, his meal while he so was. So this was a dinner party? They're yeah, yeah. At like the a, table. <laughs> or, or, you know, like, maybe like a buffet or something. Yeah. So it wasn't. Uh, That's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sinatra kept up, sh- up abuse, and I kept staring at it. He kept staring down at his plate, yelling. He never looked up. And then some reports suggest that John Wayne, seated nearby, offered to punch Puzo if necessary. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, well, yeah, so there you go. We so, should, uh, you know what? One of the bonus materials, we should get a guest in and recreate. Oh, like, like, like write a script of that. So you're the <laughs> higher three of us. A Frank Sinatra impersonator, a Mario Puzo impersonator, and a John Wayne Although it sounds like Mario Puzo didn't say anything, so you and I could probably just do the John Wayne. Oh, that's true. Hey, old blue eyes. You need me to sock him out for you? That's pretty good. <laughs> pilgrim. You used to call him Pilgrim. Hey, Pilgrim. Hey, Pilgrim blue. Was it blue eyes? Was well, blue called? eyes. Yeah. Hey, old Pilgrim blue eyes. Yeah, I'll punch him if you want. He wrote a good <laughs> book, but. That's right, the guy who wrote that book. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So there you Fascinating. go. Fascinating. So, the one uh, time he met Frank Sinatra. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess he was. You know, and there's never been any proof or anything about it. Where's your proof? Where's <laughs> so, your proof, lawyer? So, you know, I guess the, the mod, there was no certified check just to, to uh, no smoking gun certified check. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and for, I mean, Frank Sinatra is a law abiding guy. He owns stock in IBM and ITT, <laughs> IT&T. It's true. What is his right to do so? Uh-huh. So, yeah, because at first I was thinking, like, I would, lo- I would love to be, think people would think I was juiced in with the mob. Yeah. But I guess if I really was, I wouldn't want that because I don't want any, anyone nosing around with it over long. Yeah. You know? So, although I wonder if it were nowadays, you know, they make reality shows and it's, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's really a feather in your cap to be in that scene. I think. Yeah. I would say Maybe. now it pro- yeah. probably, yeah. but at, at that time you really yeah. you still ran the risk of being yeah. indicted and it was underground activity. So I, I'm guessing Frank Sinatra knew 
I'm just imagining Frank Sinatra sitting down to watch The Godfather for the first time, being like, what the fuck? You know, like, $1,000. But, but my voice isn't weak. I can't do a Frank Sinatra impression. <laughs> I can't either. I, if I do, I do Joe Piscopo doing Frank Sinatra. Oh, okay. <laughs> just kind of like a, I lost no, it's like a, he's like, I never went whimpering. I, I act like a man. Of course I spend time with my family. He's like shouting at the yeah. screen. <laughs> Um. So yeah, that's that's uh, that's the story of Frank Part one. Well, it's up to you, New York, New York. I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm wondering if Frank Sinatra, like, if he had not had that. If, assuming this is true, if he mm-hmm. had had not had that connection to organized crime, would he have become the international sensation he became? I, but just like Johnny Fontaine, it sounds like Johnny Fontaine would not have gone anywhere without his godfather's help. Yeah. I, I mean, it's really hard to say because there's yeah. so many, you know, showbiz is yeah. so many variables. Yeah. And, uh, you know. But if he had been locked into that personal services contract, who knows? Yeah. Um, so did you want to bring up your thing about Kay now? Yeah, it's interesting. So uh, I'm going to come back to the book. Uh, on page 43, Puzo wrote, and this is after, right after Mike told Kay the story that we just just told. Kay said thoughtfully, are you sure you're not jealous of your father? Ooh. Everything you've told me about him shows him doing something for other people. He must be good-hearted, she smiled wryly. Of, co- of course his methods are not exactly constitutional. <laughs> Michael sighed. I guess that's the way it sounds. But let me tell you this. You know those Arctic explorers who leave caches of food scattered on the route to the North Pole? Just in case they may need them someday. That's my father's favors. Someday he'll be at each one of those people's houses and they had better come across. Wow. That interesting. I know it wasn't in the movie. I don't want to share that interesting concept of being so meticulously thoughtful. Yeah. Planning. Yeah. All these little favors that he's asking and building up. Do you think he keeps Not it asking, in his uh, in his mental? Does he does he just keep it in his brain, or does he have like a like an index card uh, system? Or maybe like, Tom Hagen has them oh, all maybe, yeah. archived. Yeah, he probably doesn't document them anywhere. That would just be too. Yeah, that would be dangerous. Yeah, um, but interesting that, yeah. that he's going to cash in on some of those, and Alex, he's going to cash in on one of those in particular fairly soon. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of how many favors we see called in mm. but anyway well well speaking of other things we're going to see soon mm-hmm. uh this is the minute where we hear the first year the famous expression make someone an offer they can't refuse yeah. that line is said three more times throughout the movie mm. can you name all three times where someone talks about making an offer someone else cannot refuse can i do that right now yeah, or are yeah. you asking our listeners no no to, well the listeners can yeah, play listeners, along at home listeners pause this mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. and and try to do it without cheating mm-hmm. i will try right now so you're saying three other times just in <clears throat> godfather one just in godfather one okay i one that stands out is michael later when he's um oh no no that's when he says uh sunny it's just it's just business. It's not personal. Yeah. Another. Uh, uh, oh, Sonny says we're going to make him an offer he can't refuse. To but, well, who? Who? He's saying that to Tom Hagen, right? No, uh, to Michael actually. To Michael about uh, like Tatalia or something. Yeah, this is after his the war. After the, after yeah, the yeah. war began. Yeah. That's one. Michael has to say it at some point. He does. Um, but whom to? Mm. And you're forgetting another. St- 
super big one. Oh, and of course, The Godfather says it when he sets up Tom Hagen to yeah. go to Hollywood. Yeah. When was the Michael one? Well, he actually oh, says it, he actually oh, says it to Johnny. He says it He's to like, Johnny oh, when they're in too, Vegas. And, yeah. No, no, no. Uh, the Don says it to Johnny. When he's like, oh, the movie, it's too late. The movie already started oh, shooting. Oh, that's right. Like, yeah. don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> I go over the interview. So when does Michael say it? Uh, Michael's, oh, in Vegas to Mo Green. Uh, well, to, not to, it's about oh, Mo to, Green. To um, Freddie before yeah, Mo Green Freddy. arrives. Yeah, in the book yeah. they call him Freddie. Yeah. Um, you don't talk to Mo Green like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> make yeah, it there you go. Uh, the, and that's probably the most, That's that. that is the line most said in pop culture about this movie i'm gonna have to say right it's probably the most famous i mean this movie has a ton of of iconic lines but that's one uh, i I think it was ranked the most number two best like most famous quote in in movie history i don't know what number one was i know which is gonna drive me crazy how can we may the force be with you i don't know rosebud Oh, oh wow! Because that because that was the number, that's considered the best movie right, ever yeah. made. Right? You know what? We'll look it up during the break, and we'll tell the Patreons <laughs> what the number one best quote yeah, was. In the meantime, think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anything else for minute number twenty? For minute Venuso uh, Uno, Venti Uno, Vente Uno. Nothing else for twenty one. So Vente is twenty. A venti, 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 Venti Uno. Mm-hmm. Not Vente like the coffee. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I like how you brought up coffee, though. Oh, yeah? Why you, is that? I just wanted to bring this up, Alex. You haven't had me over in a long while for coffee. How much can I? How much should I pay you? Alex. Alex actually, I should say Robinson, Robinson. <laughs> Still haven't learned. <laughs> Why did you cheat me this way? That's all I got. All right. So, yeah, the minute ends uh, right with uh, with a line of him saying either his brains or his signature will wind up on the contract. So mm-hmm. it's a nice little tidy yeah. ending there to the story. Yeah. So uh, we'll have to find out. Uh, and also, this is the first time Al Pacino really has like a this minute is just Al Pacino more or less talking. Mm-hmm. You know, Kay gives a couple of prompts like, well, what do you mean, Michael? You know, yeah. other than that, it's pretty much a monologue. Yeah. So uh, it's really the first time we get to see Al Pacino as mm-hmm. Michael kind of what kind of person he is and how yeah. he talks and stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, it's a, it's a good scene. What, what would you like to rate it? Oh, well, uh, it does not have the Marlon Brando is not physically present in the scene, <laughs> but his <laughs> minus one, he is summoned, you know, his, he's conjured by, by his, by the <laughs> plus one. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this one a five. A five. It's it's one of the most famous, the second most quoted line in That's the true. movie history. Yeah. It's a great st- <laughs> Plus, the minute is like a whole tip to tail story. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like it's like a self contained little unit. So uh, yeah. But anyway, that's what I would give it, just because it's a yeah. You know, you're gonna give it. I'm gonna lower. give it a four. Four. Yeah. Okay. And and you're right. It is a great. It's a great story, yeah. and it is an iconic story. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. Like you said, though, oh, we can't give everything five. But you're selling it to me. I'm, <laughs> are you telling me that I either need to rate this five or my brains are going to be on this this laptop? <laughs> well, also, I don't know if we mentioned this, but you can only give four fives. No, not four. We've done more than four already, haven't we? You can only <laughs> oh, do 20 a... fives the whole time. Oh, my gosh. So we must have be getting keeping close. Track? Oh, right? definitely. <laughs> we haven't even gotten into some of the best scenes. <laughs> You're like yeah. one of those teachers that starts the, the, the school year by saying, I get, don't give any A's the first marking period. Oh, really? Is that a yeah. thing? Oh, it's, that was, I don't, it's not really <laughs> yeah. a thing these days. Right. But apparently. We should get a teacher in here to talk to them we about should. whether or not yeah. that's true or not. So. 
It would be great to get a panel of experts to give their different analyses of what goes on. Yeah. Bonus episode. We'll do that. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so you sold me. I'm giving it a five. Giving it a five. Mm-hmm. All right, put that. You one. made me an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> Either he would rate that episode a five, or uh, anyway. So uh, yeah, so I guess that'll uh, wrap up minute twenty one. Yeah. Uh, one more thing, I do want to take my guess as to what the most, re- what is it, the most iconic, most repeated Something, movie line, the number is. one movie yeah, quote of all um, time. And the very next day, he accepted a certified check for one thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> right it's like the, I hear the that scene all the in time. order of all the yeah. <laughs> i hear it all the time it's true yeah. it's applicable in so many settings it's totally <laughs> uh all right so uh yeah we're on twitter at uh godfather minute so you can follow us over there we have the mm-hmm. facebook page and uh, don't forget fredo corleone's mickey mouse nightclub uh, mm-hmm. where you can come and talk with us and other and, listeners about and where everybody gets respect every everybody gets respect <laughs> even fredo <laughs> Where no one gets stepped over. Yeah. Or is it where everybody gets stepped over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's, a tough. Um, it's a different clientele. Very yeah. different depending yeah. on how you mark them. <clears throat> I was picturing there being one person at Fredo's nightclub who's like the designated lowest person. So that that's the person that everyone gets to treat. Like, Because oh. you can't have everyone be on top because the defeats the whole purpose so that guy so. works there and you go in just to be a jerk to him yeah he's like a schlub you just like, throw drinks <laughs> in his face and you just smack him around because he's uh you smack around his brother so. you, you smacked around his brother <laughs> all right then so uh for so uh, stick around for the bonus content yep uh and uh until then take the gun and leave the cannoli on godfather minute